We'll talk to Albert Breer in a couple moments and get his thoughts on what's going on around the National Football League. We always talk about not being happier than happy. If you're happy, Mm -hmm. you should not try to strive to be happier if it's going to be a major effect on your life in a negative way, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about Aaron Rodgers, it's about being happier than happy. If he's with the Packers and he feels like, oh, I'm with the Packers, but I don't like what's going on with the organization, and he says, I'm going to go to someplace else, is being in Denver happier than happy? I don't think so. Can you, you could win with Green Bay. You could win another NFC North division championship. You're the favorite. You could probably get a, d- a deep run in the playoffs again. No doubt. There was just a couple of plays away in the Super Bowl this past season. But for Aaron Rodgers, does he see happiness someplace other than Green Bay in a position where he can win? This is he's not, Here's one thing we know. He's not Tom Brady, right? Brady, Brady's the only guy in the league who can go from New England to Tampa, change Tampa's fortunes around. This is the same Tampa that was coached by John McKay, who, Cr- sa- who said... Famously, what do you think of your team's execution? I'm in favor of it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was the best. Uh, anyway, our guy, Albert Breer, every Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. with us. He joins us now. Albert, it's National Eat Whatever You Want Day. So if you're not worried about Albert Breer's diet, nothing. It's what Albert wants to put in his belly. What are you eating today? You know, I, I like. I didn't have much time to think about this because Danny just told me, and I didn't know that today was actually National Eat Whatever You Want Day. Jeez, uh, like, what would be a good answer here? I don't know. Like, maybe like like. There's this place in Columbus um, called Thurman's where the burgers were just. I mean, there had to be like eight thousand calories in them. You know what I mean? Like, yep. so maybe something like that. I don't know, man. Like that's tough. What was the best? What's the best answer you guys have gotten so far? Well, for me, it was just like either chocolate cake or just like the deep dish pizza. I know that's like the thing about Chicago. Like, oh, it's all deep. Actually, it's not just deep dish pizza. I stay away from it. And so does Cap. So that that would be my splurge today. Yeah, I was going to. There's a Italian beef place called Al's or Portillo's. Get beef sausage combo fresh cut fries and then walk across the street and get Mario's Italian ice that has fresh fruit in it. It's amazing. I got you. Okay. So like my mom is Austrian. Mm-hmm. Um, like so I, I'm first generation on that side of my family. And there's like, you guys are going to laugh when I say it, but I guess, I mean, if you guys have heard of Wiener schnitzel, right? Yeah. Yes. So like Wiener schnitzel actually means like in German Vienna cutlet. And if you get it over there, right? Like you get it, like, or if my mom cooked it for us when we were kids. But if you get it over there, um, you know, and you get some lemon on it, and then they give you, like, this German potato salad, which is different than, like, I mean, it's just different, like, getting it there. You know what I mean? Like, I just, like, I don't know. Like, it's, like, one of those things where, like, that might be it for me. And it's not even that bad for you, but it's just something that, like, I don't know. Like, it's stuff you ate when you were a kid, right? Like, is what you think of when you think of stuff like this, right? No doubt. No yeah, so, 
Yeah, so that would be way up there for me. And then, yeah, I mean, some sort of ice cream or something like that. I don't know from where, but like some sort of ice cream. There's a place on Nantucket that we go to when we're, we're there in the summer that's, I mean, like unbelievable. You know, so some ice cream place would probably be, be on the other end of that. Yeah, it's just such a good day. Oh, man. Yeah, it is. All right, so football-wise, I've been listening to a bunch of different podcasts that Matt Nagy has done. He's been on with Colin Cowherd and Ross Tucker and Rich Eisen. So so is Albert. Exactly. And he has acknowledged, (laughs) Matt acknowledged, yeah. Look, he said, am I under pressure? Yeah, I'm the coach of a charter franchise in the NFL. I understand it. I'm okay with it. Hopefully it goes in the direction we want it to. We have a plan. Do you believe Ryan and Matt are under as much pressure as the perception is that you better win next year? Yeah, although I think having landing Justin Fields helps. Um, and here's what I mean by that. You know, I, I, I think now when you when you get a young quarterback like that in the building, and, and I mean, it was to some degree the same thing with Mitch, right? Um, you know, when you get a young young quarterback who you draft that high in the building, everything becomes about that quarterback's development, right? So um, if they show promise this year and, like, let's say they finish 8-8 eight and eight again, right? But let's say that that 8-8 eight and eight is, you know, got on the back end of it a 4-2 and two stretch to end the season, and, man, Justin Fields looks like he's coming on, you know? Like, so, like, I, I think that there's – just, I think getting a young quarterback in the building adds some nuance to the way they're going to be viewed coming out of the season because everything becomes so centralized on the development of the young quarterback. Where if it was just Andy Dalton, it would be win or else, right? But putting the young quarterback in the building, like everything becomes about that quarterback's development now. And if you really feel like coming going into December and then coming out of December, God, Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor and John Filippo and all these guys are doing a fantastic job bringing him along, like, then you're not going to want to pull the plug on that, right? So, you know, I think to some degree, and then, you know, of course, if he's coming along, then that makes Ryan Pace look good for going out and getting him in the first place. And then you sort of add it together and you say, yeah, you know, they messed up with Mitch, but now they've got the young quarterback, and he's actually done a good job putting a lot of the rest of the roster together, so maybe we should stick with this for a little while longer. So I just think, you know, in so many different ways, landing the young quarterback breathes life into the operation and adds some nuance to the job security of guys who are in the position that Matt and Ryan are in right now. So, so Albert, what do you think is best for the Bears if, if to start with? To start the season, would it be Andy Dalton or would it be Fields for you? Or does it matter? Um, I, I You know, it... So, like, they're in a weird spot, a little bit of a weird spot with that because, you know, normally you would say it's just exclusively because, like, generally bad teams get the quarterbacks high, and the Bears aren't a bad team. Um, you know, Jacksonville was a bad team last year. The Jets were a bad team last year. The Niners and the Bears and the Patriots are in a little bit of a different situation, and it's a, sort of rare that, 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 that teams that, are, that were actually, you know, decent, competitive, have had success, are in that position to draft quarterbacks that high. Um, so, you know, now you're not just worried exclusively about, you know, what's best for Justin. You also got to worry about, you know, A, what's best for the team, and B, what can you sell to your locker room? Because they still have, I mean, a lot of 
I, I mean, accomplished veteran players in that locker room, whether it's Allen Robinson or Khalil Mack or Roquan Smith. I mean, I, I you, you know, you go up and down the roster and, and you can see like a lot of guys on that, on the roster that are you know, accomplished, have pelts on the wall. And so, you know, I think, you know, a, a big part of whether or not you're putting Justin on the field um, week one isn't so much about his development, which is exclusively like what it's about for the Jets and the Jaguars with Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. It's also a, um, can we compete with him? Um, can we, can we be a playoff team with him there? And B, can we sell to our locker room that this is what's best for them? And, you know, it, it, I think it's sort of now on Justin to show that, you know, they can, you know, be a winning team with him in 2021, not, not just in the future, but right now, and also being able to show the veteran players in the locker room that he's the best option for them um, in, in, in accomplishing the goals that they want to accomplish this year. All right, I want to change directions here because we've talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers. I still believe if he's playing, he's playing in Green Bay. I think they're going to make a state. Hey, we want to sign you. Here's the paper. We'll give you the money, whatever. And, and Gutekunst came out yesterday and said, yeah, Justin, uh, what's his name? Jordan, Jordan Love. Love. Yeah. I almost called him Justin Love. That's okay. Jordan, Love Jordan Love has a ways to go yet. Yeah. So I think they'll get something done with Aaron or he won't be playing. But then Devontae Adams said, quote, it would change a lot. Doesn't mean potentially I'd be gone, but I definitely have to do some extra thinking if my guy wasn't here. Do you see like this whole house of cards up there or does yeah, this thing I mean, stay I, together? I, I, hey, you know, and I think I may have said this to you guys last week. I mean, what I, from what I've heard, uh, Jordan Love isn't ready, um, and like I think that that's a huge factor. And uh, you know, I think if I mean, and, and again, I think this sort of comes back to can you sell it to your locker room, you know, and and what sort of reaction are you going to get? And they're another locker room that's got a lot of accomplished players there. Um, you know, David Bakhtiari, one of the best left tackles in the league. You know, Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in the league. Aaron Jones, one of the best running backs in the league. Jair Alexander, one of the best corners in the league, playing for a contract. Darius Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary. I mean, you go up and down that roster, Kenny Clark. Like, can you sell Jordan Love to that locker room after what they saw last year in practice, in training camp? And I think the answer to that right now is no. Um, and this is a team, again, that was in a championship round the last two years in a row. So there are lots of guys that are smack in the middle of their career. It's a group of players that feels like it can compete for a championship right now. And to me, that's ultimately like Aaron Rodgers' leverage here. Is it's, I mean, that team, and I think this is why Gutekunst has been so firm on we're not trading him. He knows he's got a championship team right now, and he knows that his locker room is like like he's going to have an issue if 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 Jordan loves the quarterback instead of Aaron Rodgers. Now that doesn't mean Jordan loves not going to make it. That doesn't mean if Jordan Love started week one, he wouldn't be okay by week eight. That's all possible. But I'm just saying right now, I think the way that everybody there looks at it is we've got the reigning MVP of the league, and we've got a championship roster right now. We've got to do everything we can to get him back in the building. And I think it starts, guys, to me, it starts. Like point A in this whole thing is finding a way to improve the communication between the quarterback and the organization and I think this goes all the way back to last year when, and I don't know how many people really paid attention to this, but Aaron Rodgers found out about the Packers drafting Jordan Love, that they were considering drafting Jordan Love when the Packers were on the clock. That's when they called them. 
And I just, I think it would have made a world of difference back then if they two or three days ahead of time had called Aaron and said, hey, look, here's a heads up. You know, we, you know, we may do this. We really like the Utah State quarterback. Like, it may have been a tough call to make at the time, but I think it would have saved them a lot of trouble, um, you know, going forward. And I think it's sort of the precursor to put us where we are right now. Here we are, Albert. Here we go again. Tim Tebow now is a tight end with the Jags. <laughs> wow. So do you foresee Tebow making the roster? How, how surprised were you that you we were back in the Tebow sweepstakes again? So it's so funny. So I, I, I got a text from somebody um, who, who, knows, uh, who knows Urban pretty well. And he just said to me, Urban's just opened a big can of worms with all of his ex-players. And I, I asked, what, it, what does that mean? And he said, well, well, can you imagine all the guys who maybe played for Urban at Florida, who played for Urban at Ohio State, who are on the fringes of the league? And you guys know how this works. Like, how many guys are right there on the fringe of the league but uh, just aren't in, a, aren't in a roster right now, like wanting that one last shot, you know? And so, you know, I think for that, I think I think it does open a can of worms for Urban from that perspective, um, you know. And I, I just, I, I don't, I understand like maybe like Tebow can come in and he can help you sell your program because he knows what you're about, um, and maybe you feel like you owe it to him to give him the shot to do this. But I just, I mean, in year one, is it really worth bringing a circus to town? You know, and we've all seen what happens with Tebow. Um, and the attention that brings and everything else. And I just, I, you know, I mean, like, let me ask you guys, like, what's the upshot here? I mean, like, like say he makes the roster, what's the upshot? Like, we're not talking, like, the guy's not going to turn into Tony Gonzalez. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the payoff is here that the Jaguars are seeking that makes it worth sort of the trouble that Urban might run into because of doing this. And the circus that's going to come along with with, with, with with Tebow, which we, again, we saw that with the Broncos. We saw that with the Jets. We saw that even at, like, you know, Mets spring training over the last few years. Yeah, Mike Tannenbaum was on this station earlier and said to KJZ, I was the GM in New York. We brought him in to back up Brett Favre. He said he was so much bigger in New York than Brett Favre. He said, I'm just telling you, the media only wanted him, not Brett. So I found that interesting. Hey, as we let you go, as my partner always asks you, what's in your phone? Give us a nugget that you haven't told anybody. Okay, so I'm going to get – because it's a nice day in May, the sun's shining here. I don't know what the weather is in Chicago. You, you want me to make you guys feel good about Justin Fields? Mm-hmm. Sure. All right, I'll make you feel good about Justin Fields. I talked to a handful. I, I think I told you guys this last week. I talked to a handful of teams where, um, you know, like they, they, they had Justin as a second-ranked quarterback ahead of Zach Wilson. Um, that, and these were teams that didn't need quarterbacks that I felt like were going to be honest with me. Well, I've kept digging over the last few weeks. So consider this, and I think this will tell you how fortunate the Bears were to land where they to, 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 to land Fields where they landed him. At eight, the Panthers' choice was Fields or the top defensive player on the board. They take J.C. Horn. At nine, the Broncos' decision was Justin Fields or the best defensive player on their board. That was Patrick Sertan. They took Sertan. So Fields was in consideration for both Carolina at eight and Denver at nine. At 10, Dallas didn't want to go down too far because they had their eyes on Micah Parsons. So the teams that would come up for a quarterback weren't going to be able to get weren't going to be able to get up there. So that kind of canceled out fields going 10. And then, you know, obviously at 11, what happens happens. And even behind them 
like the Saints had sniffed around about a trade up. I heard the Saints actually liked Fields over Mac Jones, and the Vikings were sitting there at 14, and they were at least mulling the idea if he had fallen of taking him there. So there was a lot of action on Justin Fields, like before the 11th pick and even behind the 11th pick. And I think, you know, kind of when you put the pieces together, I think you see a consensus that for a lot of the league, Justin Fields should have gone way higher than he did. And so I I, I actually think Chicago was really fortunate that some of those circumstances played out the way they did. In particular, that little alley of picks there. Detroit at seven, taking Panay Sewell. Um, They had talked about a trade down, but they were never taking a quarterback. And then at eight and nine, the fact that he was in heavy consideration for both the Panthers and the Broncos, you know, and then add that to the Vikings and the Saints and the other teams that didn't need quarterbacks. I think you see what the league really thought of Justin Fields. And a lot of people out there think that, that the Bears were pretty fortunate to get him the way that they did. Hey, man, you made us feel better. Have a great rest <laughs> of your day. Go eat something you want. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Talk to you next week. There he is, the great Albert Breer. Cap and Jay Hood. Mornings. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So Danny just gave us an update break. The lady that got dragged away at the Wild Game Park was arguing with her boyfriend, so she jumped out of the car. Tiger grabbed her. She didn't make it. She gone. She gone. Do you think there was a part of that boyfriend that was like, oh, now I don't have to deal with her on the ride home? <laughs> My God. Did you see him? He tried to run after her. Then he stopped like, I don't like to do this. Then he did, ran again. She was gone. Would you run at, like, if God forbid a tiger took Mindy or Peacock, would you run after the tiger? No. You're not going to win that. No. I'd call, I'd call, see here, who do you call? You make the call. All right, get out of there, Harry. It's not your, not your situation. You make the call. All right, Harry. Uh, who do you call in that spot? 411? 311? Who do you call? <laughs> you're, you're. The funeral home. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You're not calling the Chicago police. I call me. Cap because he's got a guy for everything. Cap, I got a tiger situation. Oh, God. Tiger? Let me call, let me call Steve Shapiro. Does so, he have apt handles Let's at see it. if they take care of him. I don't know. I mean, that's tough. You Are know, you okay? Are you okay? All right. Got to go work out. All right, bye. You know, I'd call... Uh, Yosh, let's go. <laughs> I'd call, Yoshi. I'd call Dylan Cease because he owns the Tigers. That might work. <laughs> <laughs> might work. Anyway, tonight Always is... Always a zinger from Miller. Just once a day. Every once in a while, he just lays down the ultimate dad joke. <laughs> he just... He always gives you a zinger. Miller, zinger! Yeah, Sylvie was dropping some jokes yesterday, and they're like, oh, stop already. Uh, horse jokes. I actually thought they were okay. Yeah. Uh, then you know you're the, then you know they're bad. Cap's <laughs> giving you the seal. You're like, all right, got to go back to workshop that one. <laughs> Sylvie, Sylvie knows it's bad too, right? <laughs> um, so tonight is game one of a big series. Again, it's May. I get it. But it's Cubs Cardinals. It's Cubs White Sox. It's White Sox Twins. It's like there's certain series that just get, as a fan at least, get your blood pumping. That's right. My son, Brett, happy birthday, kid, because he's awake now. I know he sleeps till like 8.30. Brett, your birthday's today, and Dad's taking you to the game. That's right. 
We usually go to a baseball game every birthday or right around it. And the Cubs are out of town. And I said, you want to go to Sox game? Sox twins? He's like, all in, Dad. Go get dinner. And just him and Dad. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm excited to watch this. It's Dylan Cease against Kenta Maeda. It's a good pitching matchup. It's two good teams. And the Sox are in first. Twins have had their struggles. I think this is a chance, at least for the fan base, you and Meller are diehards, to just make a little statement and go, yeah, this year's different. Sorry. Big series hoodie kept your going tonight. What's Brett? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Good way to celebrate the birthday. Are you going to are you going to heckle Tony LaRusso in the first inning and then praise him in the second? Oh and you know what? <laughs> you know what? It's Let, a, let's just be clear here. Uh oh. I criticized Tony LaRusso. No, hold on, hold on. Before we you will have your turn, sir. But we should let the people know out there. You know, a lot of people hoodie these days in twenty twenty one are very critical of reporting. They think investigative journalism is dead. Sure. I just want to let the folks out there know we at ESPN 1000 truly believe that good reporting should go on and it should have a home. And that home, I think, Hoodie, is on the Cap and J. Hood show on ESPN 1000. So if you do get any good tips, please, please always let us know because it may result in us finding something, finding the actual truth, Mm -hmm. something like what happened yesterday. following events took place four days apart, the actual tapes you're about to hear did indeed happen. Nothing has been fabricated. Again, the following comments occurred four days apart. Only the voices have been altered to protect the identity of the individuals involved. Thursday, May 6th. If I'm, like, if I was a, like a diehard... Mm-hmm. I'd wake up this morning so effing pissed off. Monday, May 10th. Hey, man, I'm just telling you, if you're waking up and ready to blast on Tony La Russa, just dial it back, man. May 6th. Sox fans, vent. How do you feel about your team? How do you feel about your manager? May 10th. Everyone wants to keep bashing Tony La Russa. Just stop. Just let this play out, man. May 6th. Think about Rick Hahn. What do you think he's thinking? Oh, God. What do you think he's thinking? Can I get a bourbon in this skybox, please? Not not his hire. The 10th of May. Every single day, it's he's blowing us this number of games. No, he actually has May 6th. He didn't put your team in the best position five times. May 10th. That thing's headed in the right direction. Thursday, May 6th. If I'm Jerry, the phone would have rung in your house, Tony. Sure. Hey. I'm going to say this one time. That cannot happen again. May 10th. Just let this play out. Let's see what happens. May 6th. You think Ricky Renteria is at home in San Diego going collecting his money? Right. Do you think there's any chance that Ricky was having a cocktail with his wife last night in San Diego going, what happened? Take that. The 10th of May. He didn't know that rule. He got drilled for it. May 6th. You can't not know the rules. You don't know the rules? That cannot ever happen. Embarrassment. That cannot ever happen again. May 10th. It is the second week of May. Let's just let this play out. May 6th. That's a comedy of errors that can't happen. Cringeworthy. May 10th. Just let it play out here, man. you got a really good team. Every single decision he makes, he gets crucified. May 6th. You want those 26 men to look to the front of the room and go, I'm following that guy. Yeah. Yes. A Monday, 
May 10th. If I put a poll question out there about Tony La Russa, it would be negative. May 6th. That's a joke. How does that freaking manager not know? Tony La Russa? Tony La Russa. Once again, May 10th. You're going to just keep this tired narrative. He's not, he shouldn't be the manager. Just stop. May 6th. How can you hire a guy and pay him whatever it is they're paying him? Three, four, five million dollars a year. How can that happen? The previous comments do not reflect the opinions of this station. He better stay out of our business. He better stay out of White Sox business. If you have any knowledge of the state of mind of the person who made the comments on May 6th, or the other person who made the comments on May 10th, contact your local authorities. No animals were harmed in the previous events. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Now, let's just put the cards on the table here. Ready. That was well done by Meller and Joe McCardle. Well, no, we should also... And it, Jason Honeycutt. Yes. Inspiration from Jason Honeycutt. Well, Thank you. Who put that together originally. I think he's based in California. He's a cartoonist and an editor and a sports fan. All of it. Very talented gentleman. I've met him before. The problem with it is it's inaccurate. It's all BS. All of it? Okay. Last week, it was Wednesday when Tony foobarred the rule. Right? Wasn't it Wednesday? Yeah, you're correct. Correct. Thursday, we started the show. You heard a bunch of the clips, which are accurate. Mm -hmm. And I was critical of him not knowing the rule. In that same show, because I went back last night and listened to the entirety of that hour. I said... I'm still a Tony LaRusso guy because Meller and I were arguing about it. I have always supported that hire from day one. I believe he will have the ultimate take that and he will win as the manager of the White Sox. Mm -hmm. So was I critical of him not knowing the rule? You're GD right I was. All of us were because I said it's not just LaRusso, it's his staff too. Correct. Someone amongst the White Sox should have been able to know that rule. Correct. Of having Liam Hendricks at second base, which was nonsense in extra innings. And I said if I was Jerry, I would have picked up the phone and said, Tony, I love you. I brought you back here. That can't happen. you got to know the rule or get someone on your staff to find the rule. We can't get beat because we don't know the rules. I never, ever one time said I wouldn't hire him as my manager. They shouldn't have hired him as their manager. I laughed about Ricky Renteria having a drink going, take that. Right. You got what you wanted. Mm-hmm. Or Rick Hahn wanting bourbon in his skybox. Yeah. And if I was a diehard Sox fan, yeah, I'd be really pissed off. My guy doesn't know the rule and we lose a game. What if it comes down to one game? But again, for fact. Never once said I didn't want him as the manager because you and I battled about that. Right. I liked the hire the day it was made. And I still do. Yep. And I said that you need to have more of a modern manager. He's been away from the game for a while. Yes, he's a Hall of Famer, but you don't want to have a situation where he's behind or doesn't relate to the players or those kind of things because that was my choice. It's hard to do the 2.0 thing. He's looking at you, Dave Lato. It's hard to be able to have someone that you had in place and then bring them back again. Agreed. This is why when people ask for Ozzy to come back, I think Ozzy will manage again. It may not be with the White Sox as long as Kenny Williams is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just hard to do the, the second time around with the same team right. and, and flourish. So just so we're clear, I was critical of him for not knowing the rule. Yes. I would never once have asked for him not to be the manager. In fact, 
I think Danny wrote a tease that said, as we were going to break, would the White Sox fire Tony La Russa? And we came out of it because I listened to it again yesterday. I said, no chance. Jerry's not firing him and Tony's not quitting. Not happening. Could he walk away after the season? I guess anything's possible. That would be him quitting. I think that's more likely than anything else. But he's not walking away in season. No, that's not happening. Nope. So let's just be clear. Very funny bit put together by Jason Honeycutt mm-hmm. with assistance from Meller and Joe McCardle. But go back and listen to the shows yourself. You could spin it on any show any way you want. I have always supported that hire. I know I'm in the minority on that, and I'm fine with that, shockingly. But take that. I never, ever have said he shouldn't be the manager. Danny? Uh, so, anyway. Oh. Anything? Oh, I I've, I've hear what you're saying, and... The one thing for me as a White Sox fan is is that I say I wasn't uh, enamored with the hire, but I can't fight City Hall. Do you Correct. hear me say that? Yes. So there's nothing I can do about that, right? Correct. The team has to overcome, sometimes despite La Russa. Maybe it's rust for the first month and a half or whatever it is. I just don't want the White Sox to lose games because of bad decisions. It's going to happen. I don't want to happen. I don't want that to happen in abundance for my favorite team. Uh, Mike's in St. Charles. Hey, Mike, what's up, Sparkles? Hey, uh, that last bit was fantastic. I damn near drove off the road. It was so funny. <laughs> Pretty good. You guys, you guys, you guys come up with the best bits. I swear, that's great. Well, those guys are who, really who, talented. Who, who was that? Jeff Meller. That was that, that was Jason Honeycutt, Meller, and Joe McCardle. I listen to you guys every day. You guys have a great show. Keep it up. You're the man, Mike. Have a good day, okay, buddy? Yeah, you too. All right, we'll see. Bye. So. There you go. How about that, Jeff? Uh, I, you know what? Here, well, here's what I'll say, Cap, to your your retort. I agree. I certainly think this White Sox team can win the World Series with Tony Larusa, mm-hmm. and I actually, for a long time, have been a huge Tony Larusa fan. I really admired what he did going all the way back to his days in Oakland. So, you know, growing up watching baseball, Tony La Russa was always the best manager in baseball for a long time. Mm-hmm. As I was learning the game, so I have a profound respect for him my only concern was having been out of the game for as long as he was i didn't know if this was the right fit for him mm-hmm. just just like a lot of things that hoodie has already laid out i do think though sometimes the importance of a manager that people put too much on it and i do think that this white Sox team fred, made fred working on the show <laughs> i i work with fred uh, almost every saturday doing white Sox weekly so maybe mm. he's rubbing off on me mm. nevertheless though i do think that this white Sox team May be good enough where, like, what you just saw happen this weekend where they demolished the Kansas City Royals. Sometimes the manager doesn't have to do a whole lot. Sometimes you just can steer the ship as the captain, and you don't really have to do much at all. And I, you know what? I'm hoping that's a situation because through the first five weeks of the season, there's been a lot of things that have crept in that, have, that I was already concerned about when the season began mm-hmm. that have kind of been on display. But you know what? The great thing is the White Sox are in first place, and they have the best run differential in baseball. So that's and the great, number one pitching staff. So, so that's well, and there you go. That's yes. a great sign. Yeah, th- those are positives. But but again, I will push back on your thought the other day that was ultimately you didn't say it without you said it without saying it by telling us to relax because it's a long season. Um, I won't deal with that at all on this show. You're not going to tell me. And you're not gonna, you can tell Sox fans, but you're not going to tell me to relax because I know how important this time is for the White Sox baseball. All the losing that the White Sox have had, if they're going through issues, I don't want 
the manager or the lack of a decision to hold the team back from being able to get to where they need to be. That's how I look at it. Okay, I did not use the relax at all. What I think I said to you was, let's let it play out and see where this team heads with him at the helm. That's relax. No, it's the same. Absolutely not. It's the same. No, because if he doesn't know a rule tonight, I'll blast him again for not knowing a rule. That stuff can't happen. You're a Hall of Fame manager. You were brought here because we thought we'd have a tactical advantage. I'm speaking if I was the White Sox management. I'm going to barbecue you tomorrow if you don't know the rule tonight. Right. Or you fall asleep at the switch. Yes. Doesn't mean that I want you out as manager. So let's just be clear. No, I understand that. I'm here every day, so you know I understand that. Yeah. I, but um, I will say that when it comes to managers, especially like LaRusa, tenured guy, a Hall of Famer, when he wants players to be able to know every letter of the rules and got to be able to know and make sure that they're short up for every game, well, LaRusa has to do that too as a manager. You should be able to expect from your players what their players expect from you, and that's be able to know everything, every angle about the game. Hey, I'm out there trying to bust my ass every day as a player. You're supposed to know, or the staff's supposed to know, all the intricacies about the game, right? Mm-hmm. So you want me to be able to do my job. You do your job too, by the way. Correct. That's how I look I'll at it. I will think this ball gets hit to me. Where am I going with it? Not react and go, oh, I should have gone. I'll be thinking the game. You better be thinking the game. Sure. Uh, 312-332-3776. Shane Bieber? Will the Cubs score a run tonight? Next.